What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Seven Lamb Productions presents Atlas Avenue Beat. Case 2, The Red Letter. Part 9. Shut up. I awoke the next morning and checked my closet and under the bed. Not for the boogeyman, but for Julianne. She was acting strange last night, and I almost expected her to wake up at the foot of my bed in conservative attire with a sledgehammer ready to Annie Wilkes me. Shivers ran down my spine. I quickly shook them off. I went to the bathroom, cupped some water, drank, splashed my face, and dressed. Right when I opened the bedroom door, I jumped back, startled. Sheldrick was standing there holding a charcoal gray suit and tie. Jesus, why are you standing at my door? I'm here to give you this suit for tonight's dinner party. Miss Good would like you to wear this. That's fine. Wait, how long were you standing outside my door? Not long. How long? No more than two hours. The hell? That's creepy. You understand that's creepy, right? How is that creepy? The only people I know who stand waiting for people to wake up are sleep specialists, overly attached girlfriends, and serial killers. And since you aren't special at anything and you're not a girl, you just stay away from me, weirdo. Also, seven more questions. Sorry for not knocking. Because Miss Good said not to disturb your beauty rest. That's another thing. What the hell was she doing in my room last night? She was in your room last night? Yes. Six more questions, Sheldrake. Please stop that. You're not one-upping me. Oh, little baby getting upset. No. This worries me about Miss Good. It is... it is troubling. You're telling me. Well, I'm talking to you, aren't I? Don't get snippy, Sheldrake. Now I have some more work to attend to before I need to be back for some dinner party that I shouldn't be wasting my time with. I snatched the suit from his hand and shut the door. But then I remembered, shit. I opened the door to see Sheldrake walking away. Sheldrake! He turned around, a smile plastered on his face. I didn't announce this out loud, but you do realize that you now owe me five more questions. I heard that question. Thought you got away with one, didn't you? His smile turned into a frown. I'm gonna win. We'll see about that. You still owe me a whole deck of cards laid out on a table. 
Ah, uh, shut up about your stupid cards. He was trying to one-up me, but he could never win. I put the suit in the closet and headed out. Julianne was in her study, reading lines out loud. I snuck past and out the front door. Sheldrake? Sheldrake? Yes, Miss Good? Why didn't he say goodbye? He... he's busy, Miss Good. Did you at least give him the suit? Yes. And? And he accepted it. Mm-hmm. He better make it to the dinner. I'm sure he will. That'll be all, Sheldrake. Yes, Miss Good. Oh, um, Miss Good? Yes? Did you take your pills yesterday? Of course. Are you sure? We haven't picked up a prescription in a while. I picked one up the other day. Now, I must get back to my lines. Go do some butler stuff and leave me. Yes, Miss Good. I arrived at the Kenneth Heights Public Library at 11.30. Jane was waiting by the front desk. Sorry we had to meet here. I tried to look through old TPC articles, but my boss, Max Jackman, was hounding me all morning. We need more pictures! We need more pictures! How can people see pictures if we don't have pictures? And I'm all like, chill with the fucking pictures! Anyone can take pictures. Then he gets really angry with me, and we start fighting. And not just verbal back-and-forth name-calling. I'm talking full-on fist-fighting with a man. Everyone tries to come to my aid because I'm a woman. But the moment I stripped off my sleeves and showed my somewhat large biceps, all my co-workers backed off. Then I went to town. And I don't mean I left to go to another city. I mean I beat the shit out of my boss. Then he threatens to fire me. But then, all my co-workers are making fun of him because he got beat up by a woman half his height, even though I'm actually two-thirds his height. So, he plays off the whole ordeal like we're just playing around. He whispers to me that if I go along with it, he won't fire me. At this point, he's bleeding like a giant vag. But I agree. I crouch down to him, since he's on the floor, and I high-five him and then shake his hand. But I say... Not only do you not fire me, I want you to give me a chance to give you a great story. I want to have my own section in TPC. He says, fine, but it better be an awesome story. So Jim, I need one hell of a story or I will be out on my ass. Get it? Hmm. Your boss is named Max Jacksman? That's pretty sweet. Did you even listen to my story? Yeah, you'll get your story. I'm a man of my word. The clack of high heels grew louder behind us. We turned around to see a librarian walking up. Excuse me. I just want to say that I heard your story from the other side of the room, and I'm very proud of you. From one woman to another, I have to say that in this man's world that we live in, it's amazing how you stood up to your boss. Thank you. The problem is I heard your story all the way from the other side of the room, and this is a library. So I'm going to need you to shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. 
while you're in here, okay? It's a library, so just shut up. Both of you. Oh, sorry. Nope, just shut up. Shh. We both just nodded. The librarian, wide-eyed, stood staring at us for a good ten seconds before moving on. We headed past the front desk. The desk clerk waved us over. Don't mind Dorothy. She gets like that sometimes. She's very stern. Harsh, even. Sorry about that. I'm surprised people don't complain. Most of the people here are regulars. The regulars know to be quiet when she's near. Once you get used to her, it's not too bad. If she keeps to telling people to shut the fuck up, she may lose her job. Actually, that's impossible. She doesn't even work here. What? She actually has a mental problem that doesn't allow for us to hire her. She also has anger problems. And most of us think she killed someone. Then what the hell is she doing walking around like she runs a place? How can she walk like she runs? The place, I didn't mean literally runs around. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. It does. Maybe she shouldn't be around people if she is unstable. Nah, it's fine. Just shut the fuck up when she's around. That's all you have to do. It's not hard. I don't see how you can be so nonchalant. Oh, I haven't been chalant in years. Well, I'm here trying to solve an important case, and I need to communicate with my partner. Partner, huh? Jane bit her bottom lip again, and my penis wiggled back and forth in a longing anticipation of physical contact with her sideways smile. What the hell was wrong with me? This was business. I needed to treat it as such. But she was toying with me. Hmm. Here's the thing. You can talk. Just don't talk when Dorothy's near. Seriously. She's killed people. You said you thought she's killed people? No, she's done it. I've seen her. Oh god, I've seen her. Then she shouldn't be here. Keep your voice down. I'm too young to die. I need to call the cops. No, don't. That'll just make her mad. I instantly decided against calling the cops. Captain Hiltz would have brought me in too. Let's not forget why I was staying with Julianne. Let's not forget, listening audience... I don't feel safe here. Yeah, I mean, how is this woman allowed to just roam around freely? Oh, like you've never killed anyone. Well, I mean, that's... that's, uh... Okay, good point. So we'll be fine if we just keep quiet when she's around? Yes. She walks by, just shut the fuck up. Since I didn't use technology, but Jane obviously did, she decided that she would do some marriage license research on the web. I think people still call it the web. What are you going to do? You gather a list of her exes and I'm going to go get one of those big machines that let you scan through old newspaper articles. What things? I don't know what they're called, but you grab like a roll or a disc or something, microfilm I think, and you put it in the machine and you can scan through the entire newspaper. Not sure what you're talking about. I think they're on the other side. Just meet me over there when you finish with the list. Okay. Jane hopped on a computer and I headed back to the front desk. Uh, Excuse me. No, no. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. I quickly shut up, just as Dorothy turned the corner. She eyeballed me the whole time she walked by. She's gone. 
Can I help you? Okay, I know I agreed about killing someone, but really, she shouldn't be here. You can't just have a murderer walking around. Look at that guy reading the newspaper. He's shivering. It could be because he's cold. Or it could be because he was talking to his friend, and now Dorothy, the serial killer, is standing right behind him with a knife. That's not a knife. It's not? It's a fake? No, I was just going to quote Crocodile Dundee, but I realized they didn't have another knife to point to. You know, that's a knife. She really is holding a real-for-real knife. Yeah, that's a real knife. This is ridiculous. Can I help you with something? Actually, yes. I mean, I really do want to leave this whorehouse of books, but I need to gather some information. What are those big machines called that let you scan old newspaper articles? That's what they're called. What are they called? Big machines that let you scan old newspaper articles. That's what they're called? They don't have an official name? That is their official name. Big machines that let you scan old newspaper articles? Yeah. That's weird. Sometimes we call them B-M-T-L-Y-S-O-N-A for short. And that stands for... Big machines that let you scan old newspaper articles. There's no way that is the official name. Listen, guy. I just work here. I didn't fucking build the stupid machines, and I sure as hell didn't name them. Why is everybody in this library an asshole? We're just tired of people questioning our methods. Yes, we have crazy names for things, and yes, we have a murderer walking around. Get over it! Just... Where are the big machines located? Big machines? The big machines that let you scan old newspaper articles. Oh, yes, left side. Now, shut the fuck up. Here comes Dorothy. I shut my mouth and headed to the left side of the library. I skimmed through tons of microfilm. I decided to grab one dated March 1999. I sat at one of the big machines that let you scan old newspaper articles and zipped through, stopping anytime something caught my eye. Jane joined me two hours later with a list of the twelve names. Twelve? She's been married twelve times? She didn't mention that. That's right. I knew it was a lot. Hell, I even knew some of the actor ones. But I was just as shocked as you were. There was even a moment where I put up my hands to my face and screamed. Like Culkin? Just like Culkin but I had to shut my mouth before that crazy Dorothy showed up. Of course. But there's more. Out of the 12, and I'm not counting Brennan Camp, eight are dead. Eight? How? Different ways. Car accidents, drowning, murder, suicide. In fact, several are suicide. That sounds fishy to me. Interesting you say that. One was even killed on a charter fishing boat. Jane handed me the list with several dates. We gathered the microfilm with corresponding dates and looked at the obituaries. If there are still four exes alive, we need to talk to them. Now. The fact that so many were dead worried me that Julianne wasn't being completely honest with me. But did she? Was she capable of murder? What started out as a simple case of who wrote the letter was now taking a weird turn. I have the addresses. Let's go. We need to hurry. Why? Julianne Good's having a dinner party and asked me to attend. A dinner party? A dinner party? We turned around to see Dorothy stomping around a bookshelf. A fucking dinner party? How about you shut the fuck up about all the dinner parties you're attending and read a damn book? Oh, shit. Let's get out of here. You better get out of here. I will kill you. Read a book or I will kill you. Get back here. We ran outside, hailed a cab, and jumped in. That's the second person that tried to kill me so far. This case was seeming more dangerous the deeper I dug. Where to first? 1435 Whitmore Street North. 
Twenty minutes later, we were standing outside a small corner building. Master's psychic readings. A psychic? She didn't strictly marry actors. We went inside. Long purple drapes cover the windows. A plasma ball sat in the center of the room on a curved pedestal. A man walked through a curtain of beads. Hello, hello! Welcome to Master's Psychic Readings. I'm James Master. James? That's his name. Jane pointed to me. Yes, yes, I knew that. I I am psychic. Did you really know that? I can see all. We're here to ask you a few questions. Questions. What are you doing? Doing. Are you trying to finish my sentences? Sentences. Sentences. You were going to say sentences. I did say sentences. Yes, but I knew you would say it. But you're not finishing my sentences. Sentences. See? I predicted that. No, you didn't. I'm finishing every one of my sentences. Sentences. Stop. Stop. Just stop. Stop saying sentences. I'm getting a sense that you're not finding this intriguing. Or fun. That would be correct. How can I help you? I charge 20 for palm readings, 50 to contact the dead, and I'll even shine your shoes for 925. We have a special running that if I guess the number you're thinking of, everything is half off. Ooh, I want to play. Jane, we really don't have time. Quickly, I'm thinking of a number. I'm getting a reading. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, I see it. I see it. Here, here it comes. Uh, the number you're thinking is 426. Close. It was two. Oh, shit. Fuck. Man, fuck. I always fuck that up. Okay, everything is half off, but I forgot to tell you, the prices went up this morning, and now everything is double what I said it was. So half off is regular pricing now? Oh, wow. I didn't think about that, but I guess so. What a scam. Forget all the psychobabble. We're here to talk to you about Julianne Good. His eyes widened. Good? Bet you weren't expecting that. We talked to James Master for a good hour, and a bad one. He told us that Julianne was the love of his life until she left him for another man. He said he still kept in touch with her, although it had been a year since they had last talked. I wasn't psychic, but I could sense he still loved her. Who's next? We now sat in a psychiatrist's office. Hugh Tarlov. Hugh Tarlov was not only Julianne's psychiatrist, but also her former lover. Yes, that's very true. We used to be lovers. We were married for a short while, until she felt it was time to move on. And now you're her psychiatrist? That's right. I wanted to remain in her life one way or another. If it has to be through my profession, then so be it. A lot of people wouldn't understand, but Julianne is an amazing woman. She attracts all kinds of men. Not that those are the ones she wants. Meaning? Meaning she goes after the men she wants. It's how she acquired me. Luckily, when she left me, I was able to pick up the pieces of my life. Many of her former lovers couldn't do the same. That would explain the suicides. I nodded. What is it that makes men go so gaga over her? I'm sorry, uh, I don't speak baby. What makes every guy fall head over heels? Sorry, I don't speak Tears for Fear songs. Why do all the guys like her? Like I said, it's hard to understand until you're actually one of the ones. A lot of people think she struggles with the lovers she leaves behind, but she doesn't. She struggles with her own demons. It's why she's on the medication she's on. You describe her medication? What kind? Sorry, confidential. 
Can I ask how often she sees you? You can ask that. As much as is needed. I don't charge her for the time or the medication. So she shows up whenever. You don't charge her? She breaks up with you and you give her everything she needs for free? You don't understand. I still love her. I may not be able to be with her, but I can still be with her. If you understand my meaning. Outside, Jane and I talked about all the new information. I flipped through my notepad. So she has a strange hold on all the men she marries. They fall madly in love with her and continue to do her bidding even after she breaks their hearts. Some can only escape at committing suicide. So maybe some of the murders or accidents we read about aren't really that. Could be more suicides than were reported. Is it possible that one of these former lovers sent the letter? Jane shrugged. I looked at my watch. Shit. I needed to get back to Julianne's. I didn't need another weird confrontation with her. I have to go. We'll interview the last two exes tomorrow. The dinner party? The dinner party. Jim, whatever you do, don't let her get to you. I reached Julianne's just in time. Sheldrake was walking through the hall with a large platter of hors d'oeuvres. Please, don't be late. Miss Good is getting dressed now. What about the other guests? Has anyone arrived yet? No. Not yet. I jogged up the steps and into my room. I put on the charcoal gray suit. Damn, I look good. I did some 007 poses in the mirror. I look like Sean fucking Connery. Not Roger Moore. I did not look like Roger Moore. I straightened my tie and headed downstairs. I saw Sheldrick walking up to the door. The guests must have arrived, but when he opened it, I heard a distinct voice. That couldn't be. I continued toward the banquet hall when... Mr. J! I spun around. What the... What are you guys doing here? Atlas Avenue Beat, written by Robert M. Lamb, edited by Sam Ashley, starring Jack Austin as Locke, Amy LeRae as Edith, Jose Caraballo as Paul, Brian Messick as Arthur, Gina Coyle as Julianne, Lucas Webley as Sheldrake and Dr. Doctor, and Stacey Patrone as Jane. Co-starring Mallory Presley, Michael Mola. Chris Butera, Nicole Green, Brett Wilkins, Jerry Swindle, Ashley Cartesano, Danielle Abernecka, Nick Engelhard, Reed Kreiner, Anthony Grimm, Robert M. Lamb, and Zane Sexton. Music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to rate and review. Also, check out www.7lamb.com for other podcasts such as this one. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 7lampodcasts and on Twitter and Instagram at 7lampodcasts. This 
has been a Seven Lamb production.